بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger may Allah sallallahu be upon the noble prophet and the and the believers of his family and the noble companions and those who follow their path until the day of resurrection uh, we resume the explanation of Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 125 قال الله عز وجل وَإِذْ جَعَلْنَا الْبَيْتَ مَثَابَةً لِلنَّاسِ وَأَمْنًا وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَاعِيلَ أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالْرُكَعِ السُّجُودِ And remember when we made the house, meaning the Kaaba, which is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a place of resort as magnification for magnification this is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a place for magnification worship and place of safety Matabatan we made it a resort people resort to from all the earth whether they resort in their bodies or in their hearts so those who come for Hajj they come or for Umrah they come with their physical presence and those who direct themselves every day during their prayers they resort to the house by their hearts and thus, and thus they remember the house of Allah every day and night rather facing oneself to the Kaaba is one of the conditions for the Salah to be valid for the validity of the prayers then Allah said وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى and take you people the maqam of Ibrahim and we will explain what that means now the maqam of Ibrahim is as a place of prayer وَاتَّخِذُوا <coughs> there are two recitations here there are two recitations one of, one of them in the form of command اتخذوا and the other is in the form of past tense اتخذوا meaning people took, took in the first meaning people take should take you take or people from the maqam of Ibrahim a place of prayer also it could mean وَاتَّخِذُوا فِي هَذَا الْمَقَامِ أو في ها Yes, في هذا المقام مكان للصلاة And take in this place a place for prayer And the maqam is the place and it has two generalizations to it A, a general one which means مَكَانُ قِيَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ لِلْعِبَادَةِ 
the place which Ibrahim took for worship. And another generalization, but it is more particular, it's the place which he took in order to raise the foundations of the Kaaba. According to the first generalization, then all the places of Hajj, of pilgrimage, from the place of Ibrahim to Arafah, to Muzdalifah, to Al-Jamarat, to As-Safa, to Al-Marwa, all these places are then considered as Maqam, place of worship, or places for worship. On the other type, if we take the other type of generalization which is more special, then it would refer to the stone upon which Ibrahim stood in order to raise the foundations of the house. And this is very well known to the people. <coughs> Take from the place, this place, Musalla, meaning a place for prayers, to conduct the prayers. What is the meaning of Salah here? Does it really mean the linguistic meaning of Salah or the legal meaning of Salah which we know of? It could be this, it could be that, it could be both. So, if we take by the first meaning, the linguistic meaning of Salah, then it will compromise all the rites or rituals of Hajj because all these places in Hajj in them people can perform dua could invoke Allah and if we take by the second meaning that it is particular to the Salah which we know the regular prayer we know of then in this case it would refer to the two rak'ah to the two rak'ah after the circulation of the Kaaba these two rak'ah to be performed behind the maqam of Ibrahim behind the maqam of Ibrahim and this is supported by the fact that the Prophet والسلام, when he finished circulating the Kaaba he came to the maqam of Ibrahim and recited this verse which we are talking about now. وَاتَّخِذُوا مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى and take in the maqam of Ibrahim a place for prayers. And he, the Prophet وسلم, offered two rak'ah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there. And this is all detailed in the hadith of the pilgrimage of the Prophet وسلم, which is described vividly by Jabir, the companion, bin Abdullah, Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with him, and his father. Now, to take by the general meaning of Salah, which is the linguistic meaning, this is more comprehensive. 
and to understand the action of the Prophet ﷺ in this sense, then it can be interpreted as to be one singular aspect of the comprehensive meaning of Salah. So it is included in the comprehensive meaning of Salah. If we say that the general meaning of Salah, the comprehensive one, is the fitting meaning to this verse. Allah says then, وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمِ وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمِ And we commanded and we commanded Ibrahim and Ismail that they should purify my house for those who are circumambulating it. In fact, this is a covenant. Ahidna, it comes from the Arabic Al-Ahd, which is to will or command something which is very is very important. So it is not just a will or command, but it is something willed or commanded because of its importance. And from this type is the covenant of Abu Bakr, the command of Abu Bakr, May Allah be pleased with him that Umar be the second leader after him. And this is a very important matter because this refers to the most important matters affecting the general life of the Muslims, meaning the leadership, someone to run their affairs and to take care of their needs and all that. So this is very important. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Ibrahim and Ismail, and Ismail is Ibrahim's son. And he is referred to as the, as the father of the Arabs, meaning Ismail. And he is the sacrificed son, meaning the one whom the command of Allah came in the test to Ibrahim to sacrifice his son Ismail. And this, and this is referred to in Arabic as being a zabih, meaning who alladhi amar Allah, he is the one whom Allah commanded Ibrahim to sacrifice. And he is the one who told his father, Ya abati fa'al ma tu'mar, satajiduni insha'allahu min as-sabirin. As in Surah Al-Qafat 37, verse, one, verse 102. Ya abati fa'al ma tu'mar, 
ستجدني إن شاء الله من الصابرين Oh my father He said Do that which you are commanded إن شاء الله If Allah will You shall find me of the patient ones And the saying that Ishaq Isaac is the one whom Ibrahim was commanded to sacrifice is very remote in fact some of the scholars said this is related from the narrations of the children of Israel because the children of Israel loved that Ishaq is the one because Ishaq, Isaac is their father and not Ismail and not Ishmael because Ismail is the father of the Arabs their uncle but the one who examines these verses from Surah Al-Safat 37 it would become clear clear, clear to him that this saying of Ishaq being the son to be sacrificed is very weak <clears throat> so what was the command of Allah to Ibrahim and his son Ismail Antahira baytiya next statement please Antahira baytiya that they should purify my house my house meaning the Kaaba and Allah added it to himself by saying look at this my house this is an addition of honor honoring and magnifying the Kaaba and the command to purify it to purify the house from both physical tangible and intangible filth and we commanded Ibrahim and Ismail that they should purify my house for those who are the ta'ifin people making tawaf sirk come ambulating or circulating the Kaaba worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there it should be purified for them those circulating the Kaaba and also for they those staying in Atikaf in seclusion who stay there for worship and the third for those who are bowing or bowing or prostrating themselves in prayer and Allah referred to Salah by mentioning bowing and prostration because bowing and prostration and prostrating are two of the pillars of Salah are two pillars of the pillars of Salah
Allah started by mentioning those circulating the Kaaba because their worship is particular particularly conducted in this masjid in this house of Allah so they are performing tawaf in this masjid circulating the Kaaba and then he said Al-Akifin those who make Atikaf because their worship is particular to the mosques and so it is more general than the specific one concerning the people in Tawaf and then thirdly he came to mention those who are prostrating and worshipping and uh, bowing because this could take, take place anywhere on earth as the Prophet said and the earth has been made for me a place of worship and a pure place so Allah started with the most particular then, then the lesser then the lesser in terms of the command to purify the house right, let's go now for the benefits of this verse the benefits of this verse first benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the house a place place for resort to the people and a safe place and from that is that they return to it and visit it frequently every season for Hajj and in times other than the season for Hajj the hearts of people yearn to this place for Hajj and to perform Umrah and to other acts of worship so this house of Allah two merits were mentioned in this verse concerning it a resort and a safe place so this manifests the mercy of Allah such that when he made this house a place of resort and that people will return to it often Allah's mercy entailed that he made it a safe place for them and we know that Mecca is a safe place and it is affirmed in the Bukhari and Muslim and other in and other narrations that the Prophet وسلم, said concerning Mecca in Mecca Harramaha Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Mecca inviolable sanctified and none of the mankind 
did so as a sanctuary. So it is forbidden, he said, to anyone who believes in Allah and in the last day to shed blood in it and to cut trees therein to the rest of the hadith. So no fighting can take place in Mecca for anyone except for the messenger Muhammad sallallahu when he opened Mecca in the conquest in the conquest of Mecca and before that it was not made viable to anyone before him and it will never be after him and that's why it is forbidden to have fights in Mecca fighting in Mecca except by way of self-defense Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran وَلَا تُقَاتِلُوهُمْ عِنْدَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ حَتَّى يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِيهِ فَإِنْ قَاتَلُوكُمْ فَاقْتُلُوهُمْ Chapter 2 Verse 191 And kill them wherever you ascribing partners to Allah in worship and fight not with them at Al-Masjid Al-Haram at the sacred mosque in Mecca unless they first fight you there but if they attack you then kill them such, such is the recompense of the disbelievers and that's why it is forbidden to carry arm, arms in Mecca so that everyone is safe and we know that when Ibn Umar, Abdullah Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, was on his mount in Mina. Mina is close to, very close there to Mecca. One of the dissidents stabbed him in his foot there after that Al-Hajjaj who was the tyrant ruler in Iraq then came to visit uh, Ibn Umar came visiting Ibn Umar and he told Ibn Umar لو نعلم من أصابك if we only know who incurred this injury on you meaning like a threat then meaning he would punish him فَقَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرَ ابن عمر told him أَنْتَ أَصَبْتَنِي you are the one who inflicted this injury on me Al-Hajjaj said how come he said حملت السلاح في يوم لم يكن يحمل فيه You carried the arms on a day where it's not allowable and you وأدخلت السلاح الحرم 
and you brought the arms to the haram, to the sanctuary, and this is also forbidden for you to do. And this is reported in Al-Bukhari. And therefore from this we know the grave the grave acts and wrongdoings done by those who instill fear amongst the Muslims during the seasons of Hajj and that this is from the grave sins because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained that this place is a sanctuary and a safe place all times so how about if it is conducted during the season of Hajj and from the benefits is that every place which is a resort to people should be a safe place and that's why the people of knowledge disliked that arms be carried in mosques because mosques are safe places unless of course carrying arms is intended only to secure the place and commanded by the Muslim authority concerning the saying of Allah now وَاتَّخِذُ مِنْ مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ مُصَلَّى and take from the place of the maqam of Ibrahim a praying place the scholars of Islam differed concerning the offering of these two rak'ah the scholars of Islam differed concerning the ruling on these two rak'ah after the tawaf of the Kaaba some of them said that both are these two rak'ahs are mandatory because Allah commanded them and that the Prophet ﷺ manifested this in his action and that originally when there is a command it is directed to mean something mandatory the other opinion is that it is a sunnah meaning not obligatory because they are matters related to the tawaf related to the circulating of the Kaaba and that it is allowable that these two rak'ahs be performed lightly and that the person does not stay behind the maqam of Ibrahim and that it is the sunnah to recite in the first rak'ah surat al-kafirun قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ and in the second rak'ah 
of course after the Fatiha to recite Surah Al-Ikhlas chapter 112 and from this we know that the voluntary prayer of these two rakah without performing tawaf or making these two rakah long lengthy or sitting afterwards in the place to recite the Quran or to remembrance or to make dua or to make more than two rak'ah all of this is not allowable not permitted because certainly the Prophet ﷺ is the most keen of this ummah to look for that which is good certainly we have, we have no doubt concerning this yet we know that he prayed behind the maqam of Ibrahim two, two light rak'ahs then he left add to that that this place is particular to those who are making tawaf so for the person to stay without any legal, legal reason in that there is transgression against the others if one now asks us the following question if the tawaf place was crowded to the degree that the people who are making tawaf go, go beyond the maqam occupy the area even to beyond the maqam then is it permissible for the person to perform these two rakahs amidst these people making tawaf delaying their movement hurting them is it permissible for him to do so? the answer is he has no right to do so because the right of the people making tawaf takes precedent over the right of this person making these two rakah because it is permissible for him it is possible for him as well to pray away from the place of tawaf to pray these two rakah keeping the maqam of Ibrahim between himself and between the Kaaba even if he could go all the way far to the farthest end of the circle surrounding the Kaaba even he goes under the roof within the masjid
we know that the person making tawaf he has no other place if, except this place and therefore from this we know the error done by these people who perform this you find them praying behind the maqam while the, while the place is very much crowded with people making tawaf and people making tawaf deserve the place and therefore those praying behind the maqam under such conditions has no right to be there as, as long as the people, people making tawaf need this place and from the benefits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards the believer much more than his action may deserve. Ibrahim, for example, when he fulfilled the legal commands that Allah ordered him with as well as the he was subjected to the universal command in trying in tri trial in being thrown in the fire set by his people when he fulfilled these kalimat Allah made him a leader of mankind imam and Allah commanded people to take from his maqam a place take from his maqam a place for salah and this is something of his leadership this is only something of his leadership and from the benefits that it is dutiful to purify the house of Allah from tangible and intangible filth. This is supported even by the saying of Allah in Surah At-Tawbah in 9.28 Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu innama al-mushrikuna najas fala yaqrabu al-masjid al-harama ba'da amahim hadha Or you believe in Allah, in Allah and in His Messenger Muhammad, very the mushriks are najis, impure. So let them not come near Al Masjid Al Haram at Mecca after this year. And if you fear poverty, Allah will enrich you if He wills out of His bounty. Surely Allah is all knowing, all wise. And that's why it is not permitted for the mushriks and others from the people of kufr of disbelief to enter within the parameters of the sanctuary because if they would enter then they will be at a very near distance from the, from the al-masjid al-haram the sacred mosque and we know that Allah commanded 
in this verse that you see فَلَا يَقْرَبُ الْمَسْجِدَ الْحَرَامَ بَعْدَ عَامِهِمْ هَذَا So let them not come near the sacred mosque at Mecca after this year. And from the benefits is the merit of tawaf, of circulating the Kaaba. Because Allah said, طَهِّرَا بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ and purify my house to the people circulating it in worship. There is no doubt that circulating the Kaaba is from the magnificent and meritorious actions. And that's why it is a rukun, a pillar in Hajj and in Umrah, in the lesser Hajj. Such that no one's Hajj, no one's pilgrimage and no one's Umrah, the lesser Hajj, is perfected and complete until he or she makes Tawaf by the house, circulate the house in worship. <coughs> and that's why the scholars of Islam that say that the tawaf cannot be except around the Kaaba and the scholars of Islam said that for tawaf to be valid correct then it must be within the al-masjid itself within the parameters of the masjid such that if he makes tawaf outside the masjid then it is not fulfilling the tawaf condition not counted because in this case he would make he would be making tawaf around the masjid and not the Kaaba and to those people who perform the tawaf inside the masjid whether on top of it or below then their tawaf is correct and therefore from this point we know that the Muslims should be careful not to make tawaf in the mas'a in the sa'i area or on top of it, on top of this path, because this path is not from the masjid. And that's why we know that it is permissible for, for the woman in their menstrual cycle it's permissible for them to make the sa'i between Mount Safa and Mount Marwa since this is not considered part of the masjid but she cannot make tawaf there and no one can make tawaf there because this is not part of the tawaf area and this is not part of the masjid as we know and from the benefits 
that the purification of the house is divided into two types physical and non-physical as to the intangible then it is to be purified from shirk and disobedience because shirk is filth impurity as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the verse which we recited earlier Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu mine 28 Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu innamal mushrikuna najasun fala yaqrabu almasjid alharam ba'da amihim hadha fala yajuz and therefore it's not permissible it's not permitted Yes, this is the verse. All you who believe in Allah, in Allah, His in Tawheed of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, verily the mushriks are najis, impure. So let them not come near the sacred masjid after this year. So therefore, no one should take this place to conduct acts of worship therein, like calling upon a prophet or a wali, a righteous Muslim, or an angel, or other than that, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive for people to ascribe partners to him in worship and he forgives other than that to whomever he wishes. So Allah forbade them to be close to the Al-Masjid Al-Haram not to mention being inside it. Meaning the mushriks are forbidden to do that. The physical purification, this is the second type, that it must be cleaned from all types of filth, urine, feces, blood, and the like. And this is affirmed for both, this masjid and for, and for all masajid. And that's why the, when the Bedouin came to the Prophet's mosque, and urinated therein the Prophet ﷺ called for a bucket of water and it was washed away and from this we know that if the place is called to be purified then the worshipper himself must be pure his clothes must be pure and himself of course must be pure by all means and therefore the one making the tawaf should be clean from all filth and not to be in a state of 
ritual impurity whether it's the minor or the major one but here the ulama the scholars of Islam differed may Allah be pleased with them may Allah's mercy upon all of them they differ concerning this particular matter if someone performs tawaf while he is in a state of minor ritual impurity is his tawaf correct or not this is the case where the scholars of Islam rahimahullah differed Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah considered that his tawaf is correct because he doesn't see that that ritual purity al-tahara is conditioned for tawaf he doesn't see that However, most of the people of knowledge consider that his tawaf is incorrect. And there are, there are many details concerning this matter which are of great benefit, which will inshallah we can discuss during the Hajj classes concerning a person who may end up during tawaf amidst tawaf if he breaks his ritual purity and becomes ritually impure and the place is crowded and he cannot get out to make wudu should he continue should he should he not it's based on this ikhtilaf, on this difference of opinion, and inshallah we'll learn more about it concerning the rulings, important rulings regarding these matters when we talk about hajj, pilgrimage, and its conditions. And from the benefits is that the allowability to perform i'tikaf seclusion for worship inside the sacred mosque and this is no problem it's very clear in fact Umar may Allah be pleased with him said O Messenger of Allah I made a vow in the pre-Islamic era in Jahiliyyah before Islam that I perform atikaf for one night in the sacred mosque so the Prophet ﷺ told him then go ahead and fulfill your vow and from the benefits is the merits of these four worships Tawaf, I'tikaf, Ruku' and Sujood Tawaf, circulating the Kaaba I'tikaf, seclusion in the mosque 
فور ورشپ رکوع باوینگ اند سجود پروستریتینگ اند دات رکوع اند سجود آر دی بیست فورمز ویدین صلاح دی بیست پوسچرز جورنگ صلاح آر باوینگ اند پروستریتینگ Rukur, therefore, is more superior than the posture of standing, and similarly, and similarly, sujud. Similarly, sujud. However, standing posture is superior. to ruku' and sujood with respect to what is recited therein and that's why the person in salah is forbidden to recite the Quran in ruku' and in sujood the dhikr, the remembrance in standing is the kalam of Allah is the speech of Allah meaning the recitation And this is better than everything else. While the remembrance of ruku' and sujood is to make tasbih. And this is of a lesser inviolability than the Qur'an. That's why it is permissible for the person on a state of sexual defilement to make remembrance but not to recite the Qur'an and it is permissible to touch papers containing the remembrances of Allah, the dhikr without being without having wudu but it's not the case with respect to the mushaf and all of this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all wise He has set for each pillar in Salah a special distinction. Standing, Allah made it particular in its merit of remembrances of Him, and this is the recitation. And Ruku' and Sujood in their posturing. This brings uh, the end of the explanation of this important verse. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for myself and for all of you. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.